I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Balancing Act. In this week's episode, we are talking about communicating with clients. I personally think that this is a lawyer's number one job is to communicate effectively and efficiently with their client. I think that in addition to, I don't have the statistics on this, but I'm pretty sure I heard at a CLE that lawyers' lack of communication with a client is like the number one reason that lawyers can be penalized with the lawyer's board. Maybe mismanaging client funds too, but certainly client communications Maybe it was just the biggest complaint that comes into the lawyer's board. So, uh, Claire, what do you do in your law practice to make sure that you're communicating with clients effectively? So, I think the biggest thing is to set client communication expectations early. I personally try and um, respond back to phone calls or emails within one or two business days to any client communication that I get, but obviously sometimes that's not possible if something has come up or if I'm on vacation. But setting those expectations like the out-of-office message so that people know I'm out of the office and won't get back to them until, you know, the following week. But I think just at the initial meeting or even the initial phone call, just kind of talking through with clients about what they can expect with communication is key because obviously you can't respond to every email within an hour like some people might want. Mm -hmm. But you also don't want to let a communication go, you know, a significant period of time without getting back to the client, even if it's just to say, hey, I'm still waiting. Nothing new has changed. I'm waiting on the court or an opposing counsel or, you know, on this piece of information from your retirement account to come back. I think that that is the best way to have a happy client is if they know they're not being ignored. What do you, or how do you handle communication with your clients, Liz? I handle it pretty similar to you. I don't necessarily have a set time by which I'm hoping to return a phone call or an email. And I haven't made it a practice to tell clients when I'll do that. I do tell clients, hey, if you send an email to me, and I don't get back to you or even just a response saying I've received it within like a business day or two, feel free to resend it because it could be that the email didn't go through or it got buried in my inbox. (laughs) But I do think that it is really, really important to, to let people know that even if you aren't responding with anything, you know, with, with any meat in your response, that you at least have received what they said and you're thinking about it. I do notice that when you're not on, you know, I mean, like on duty, we'll say, or working, you know, and you're getting emails from clients on your phone, like let's pretend that you're out for dinner with your family or, you know, whatnot. There's sometimes this urge, at least I have an urge, to sometimes do a quick response. But I found that sometimes when I'm typing that quick response, that... I delete it. Yeah. Because I realize that I should let whatever they've asked me kind of sink in some more. And 
I do, you know, sometimes the quick response isn't the best response for a client. So sometimes even though we're in, you know, a, a society or a technological age where we can respond quickly, sometimes we do need time to come up with the best answer or the best plan of action. I agree. Sometimes, and so sometimes what I'll have is an initial response is, that's an excellent question. Let me think about that and get back to you next week. Or, you know, that's a novel approach to this. Let me, mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. me ensure that that is a legal option before <laughs> we, we, we go forward. But I think, I think as long as the client feels heard, mm-hmm. that that's the important thing. That they're not feeling ignored or brushed aside, especially since, you know, we are their attorneys, they're paying us, so they want to feel like we're doing our job and not just taking their money and not doing something. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that... I think that that can sometimes be a balancing act, ha ha ha, <laughs> um, for for me at least. When especially when I have a case that is not necessarily being propelled forward by the next court hearing or by the next whatever deadline, uh-huh. but when it's kind of in a holding pattern, uh-huh. just to make sure the client knows that I haven't forgotten them. Yeah. So you know, just to check in with them every couple of weeks or so to uh-huh. say, hey. You know, I know this is where we are in the case, but has anything come up? Do you have any questions? Because more often than not, something has come up. Absolutely. Um, or they do have a question, but they just, you know, they've been busy too, and they just haven't gotten around to doing that. Or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where like either practice management software or a calendar or a client list comes into in handy. Because I usually will, in cases like that where I know, oh, we're kind of on hold or we're kind of waiting, as soon as I realize that, I like to put on, like, my calendar a date maybe two or three weeks out or a week out, depending, just saying check in with blah, 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 about blah, blah, blah. And then whenever I take an action, I try to put the next action on my calendar or my list so that way it doesn't just fall, you know, off off my page, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that with a client list too, especially like in probate cases where you have a flurry and a whole bunch of activity initially, and then there's not a whole lot until, you know, the next big thing or even till the end. It's just little things here and there. And so to to make sure that you do have a list or a calendar system or something to make sure you're checking in regularly so that things happen as they should. So from an ethical perspective... We know that responding to clients is really important, but what other sort of communication do we have an ethical obligation to provide to our clients? Well, I mean, certainly you need to provide clients notice with any settlement offers. So you can't, for instance, accept a settlement offer without first having the client accept it. Mm -hmm. But even still, you know, to send that those settlement offers or really any communication from opposing counsel over to the client to make sure that they're in the loop. But I think, and I think you would agree with this, Liz, that the education portion of client communication is so key and important to the case. How How do you work with that with your clients? 
on educating them? Well, at the initial meeting that I have with clients, depending on the area of law, I kind of have a quick, you know, rundown of what the law says in general about their case and also kind of what the procedure through the legal system can look like. So in theory, on day one of meeting with me, they've gotten that information, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to remember that, especially because a lot of times when clients are meeting with us, they're, you know, they have other things on their mind. So I like to try to remind people, you know, this is what's happening. This is kind of where we're at in the process, etc. Yeah. And then I also, in general, like to communicate with clients, even if it's not a settlement offer that we're making to an opposing party, but just a letter maybe asking for information or, you know, even some sort of pretty gentle communication. A lot of times I do like to run letters or emails by my clients first, even if they are kind of an innocuous letter. Yeah, I agree. Even just as like a heads up, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to send this tomorrow yeah. or something. Yeah, because we don't know. Maybe tomorrow they're going to see each other and they're worried or they're, you know, I mean, or whatever, yep. or maybe... Maybe even just the use of a certain word that we as lawyers don't think is a big deal might not be a great word to use for that other person. No one knows our clients better than themselves. No one knows their families better than themselves. And they probably know the opposing parties better than we as the attorneys do. So they know. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope so. So they usually will know, you know, if you word it this way, that's, you know, that's not a great way based on how I deal with this person. And so I like to communicate with clients and just make sure it's okay to send something again, even if it's innocuous. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's, that's a wise, wise choice on your part, Liz. Finally, another thing when talking with clients, I think is it's important to ask clarifying questions because sometimes a client might have a question for us or might have something that they're wanting, but the way that they're asking it, you know, in legal words might sound like one thing, but the reality is that that's not what they're asking for. And so I think it's important to spend time asking the client, what do you mean by that? Or yeah. What do you think doing that will do? Not because you're not wanting to do what they're asking, but because you want to be sure that what they're asking for is actually what they're asking for in the legal system. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes lawyers and non-lawyers will speak past each other Mm -hmm. and not like as an either either one intending to do that, Mm -hmm. but just because like you were saying it's just not clear what what one person thinks. So to clear up any sort of misunderstanding, to mm-hmm. ask those clarifying questions, I think is important. And I think also comes with just practice in the area. You know, sometimes you hear the same question again and again, and you're like, oh, I know to uh-huh. anticipate yep. that. Yep. Or I know, I know what you're really getting exactly. at here. Exactly. Um, so to be able to pick up on those little nuances to make it, to make it easier. I think there's also one additional important communication with clients, too, and that's with their bill. 
So I, I view bills as a perfect communication method with my client. Like to say, look, this is everything that we got done. I bill once a month. So in the past month, this is everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that happened. And I know I usually try to anticipate if there's going to be a big bill, you Mm -hmm. know, like certainly at the onset of the case, or Mm -hmm. if I know there's going to be a court hearing or a mediation or something like that, that's going to take more time and money than on a regular basis so that clients can know like, okay, I don't have to worry about an $800 bill every month. It was just this month because of X, Y, or Z. And that other months can be a little less. Uh Yeah, I try it in in that case when I know that there's going to be a big hearing coming up. I do like to just kind of remind clients like, yep, you know, be prepared. This, you know, this might be a little bit more expensive of a month. And I think that just giving that warning is probably appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. 